Hey everybody, welcome back to the Hunt Podcast. Uh, this is episode 53. We are excited to jump in. We have another guest with us. We are continuing our uh, on our, uh, the trend of our last few episodes and doing uh, having guests throughout the summer. So we're looking forward to this one. We have our uh, good friend Dustin Gosser with us, um, golf connoisseur, and more importantly, lover of Jesus. So we are excited to. Did you like that intro? That's pretty. Was that, I did like that intro. Wait, I, I gotta throw one one more in there. Golf connoisseur, connoisseur. How do you, connoisseur? Well, when you say connoisseur, it makes him sound like he's like eating golf balls. <laughs> he actually does. Know. Connoisseur is like you're just. Like, that's your thing, right? That's like, breakfast on Wednesdays. Yeah. Know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, farmer. <laughs> Scramble. You got to throw farmer in there. And most importantly, lover of Christ. So, but he wears sec- a lot of hats. Golfer. Yeah. But well, he's se- just, he's yeah. just got one Second most day, important, okay. people don't know this yet, about Dustin, future mayor of Russell County. Oh. Hey. Or Russell Springs. You know, you got to keep your options open, yep. boys. You never know what. You never know <laughs> Is where. there an age limit on mayor? Um, I like think hey, if there, there is an age limit, I'll probably meet well, it anyway. I, so. Like, I'm at a, a beginning. Like, there isn't because my brother was, or um, one of my friends from high school who is just a goofball said he was going to run for the mayor of his town. That he should, and he like looked into it, and there's no age limit, yeah, because like president, you have to be 35 over 35. Right. So, but anyway, so I mean, I wouldn't get to vote for you because I don't live in Russell Springs, but I'd vote okay. for you. I then. would vote for you. Just your moral support. Would be I'll tell you what. I'll write you in in Jamestown. Awesome. <laughs> you know, maybe I could be mayor of both at the same time. Hey, that would be it. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, yeah, we're excited to kind of jump in. Russell County uh, Empire. We'll let Dustin kind of talk about uh, what he does and things like that as far as um, what he does for work, a little bit about who he is, uh, and then we'll kind of jump into talking about our king. And Savior Jesus Christ, so not, not the mayor of Russell County, not the mayor. Yeah, the yeah we're gonna the mayor. That's of the our next hearts. podcast when Dustin comes back. Yeah, we'll talk we, about. we can work on that one. Yeah. That's know, gonna be in the life of Garrett podcast that we're gonna start. <laughs> the mind of Garrett, sorry, the mind, it's the mind of, Garrett. of Garrett and uh, his thoughts. We'll put some reverb in there, make it sound like we're in Garrett's mind. <laughs> Uh, you know, like some echo. That will be beautiful. Are you Dude. saying that there's like a bunch of empty space up there? Is, is that no, what you know how they do like in movies when someone's yeah. thinking. Yeah. You like hear it. It sounds different yeah. to, to yeah. denote the difference in audio. And I don't know what your listenership is at this point, but I'm certain that that would increase it. Yeah, it would, great. at least it, by a million. It would. Yeah. Af- I'll tell you what it would do. It would affect our listening. I, I won't go any deeper into that, but it would affect it. Um, Depends on like how deep I go into my mind. Because yeah. there's a. Well, good we have of... a little control over that. I can always hit stop on the yeah. recording. Speaking so, about black holes. Uh, no. <laughs> Just, yeah, we got into conspiracy theories in our last episode there for a few minutes. So um, and this, you got to understand us, and this is what happens every time we sure, start out, that. and it's just tangent after tangent. I've been around all of you enough it. to know that that's probably likely <laughs> to be the case. Extremely likely. Yeah, for um, those that you are listening don't know, Dustin is like one of the best golfers. In, the best in golfer America. I know. Yeah. In America. Best golfer yeah, in America. That's, that's definitely you, not true. If you, if you ever watch the PGA Tour, <laughs> yeah. down here. there's a guy named Dustin Johnson. <laughs> He's um, close. Dustin Gosser taught Dustin Johnson. <laughs> yeah. um, back, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Now, we yeah. Uh, we do get to play golf with Dustin at times, and it makes me feel bad about myself, but that's okay. We have a good time doing it. Uh, that's why I said he was a golf connoisseur. However you say it. Um, I, I don't think I can spell that, and I used to ask you to spell stuff with the words you used. So I probably shouldn't use that because I don't think I can spell it. Uh, two S's and E O U R or something like that. So um, sound like dinosaur, kind of. True. Uh, <laughs> so Dustin, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, a little bit about what you do, who you are, 
all things Dustin Gosser. Yeah, so... Uh, well, not all things. We don't have that much time. But, yeah, you know. Well, <laughs> first of all, I appreciate you guys uh, letting me come by. I've, uh, for sure. For sure. I enjoy Glad you're here. You know, listening to you guys talk, and um, I appreciate y'all's friendship. It's good to have gotten to know you guys over the last um, few years, and, you know, I think uh, we've had a lot of fun together, so it's yeah. good to get to join you. But me, yeah. I, I am a teacher at the high school. Um, and I've been, I taught four years in Louisville, and then I've been back here in Russell County and taught for four years. And in addition to that, um, as you guys alluded to, I do have a little small farm, kind of like a hobby farm. Uh, you know, really enjoy that type of thing. I'm an agriculture teacher, so it kind of relates to that. You know, How much just, do you work no, within FFA? Quite a bit. Um, and I just not learned that about you. I didn't know you were, yeah, I didn't know yeah, what you taught. Yeah, that's what I teach. And, you know, it's... Um, Sorry, I'm not a real friend. I get asked. A, yeah, well, I get asked a lot to to coach golf and to coach other things. But what a lot of people don't understand with my job is, um, with FFA, the club that goes with what I teach, we are pretty much year round doing stuff, competitions, um, and things of that nature. Traveling a lot. We spend a lot of time in the summer. I work through the summer, unlike most teachers. Um, oh yeah. man, you get the worst gig in a teacher job. So, but you know, there's perks to that as well. But we do. I thought that's why people chose to be teachers for summer break. Literally, that I didn't would be get the that memo. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, but there's our parts to that. Like you, we get to experience and things and do a lot of stuff with our kids that other teachers don't get to do. Mm-hmm. And the relationships that you can build um, are, are very good that way. And that's kind of and we'll allude to this a little bit later probably. But that's one of the perks of my job. It's one of the most important things to me about my job is building relationships with students mm-hmm. and. And uh, just being uh, someone in their life that, you know, maybe could offer advice at some point or uh, just be there for them. And, yeah. and and it has opened a lot of doors for yeah. me in that regard. It's always amazed me just how many, like, students stop you to talk to you oh, like, yeah. when we're around. And yeah. Like, uh, I have um, <clears throat> a student I mean, that— My students don't even like me. They don't <laughs> talk to me at all. <laughs> but I, when, when I was still the youth minister, I, there was a student that I got real close with um, yeah. who had a troubled background. Um, and he ended up moving to Somerset, but he would still he still FaceTimes me every once in a while. And one time he FaceTimed me as Dustin was at our house, and I held up the phone, and you know his face just lit up. I'm like it's just it, it's really cool to see just the way yeah. that teaching and being around students how that impacts um, students when you do it in an intentional way. Yeah, we, you know, in the last episode we had Brett with us, and. Um, he talked a lot about relationships and, and through FCA and, and the importance of, of building those. What? How do you see, um, you know, in your other gig, I'll let you talk about that, but how do you, how does your school and working in school and those relationships you build, how does that affect what you do on the side? Sure. Which, um, which talk about ministry too. Yeah, yeah. What, I, what you I, do I was trying not ministry. to like say right. that. Well, his side gig so, is that. And, and a side gig also doesn't sound good either because yeah. it sounds like it's the secondary especially as ag teacher yeah yeah, yeah definitely seriously. <laughs> but i um what micah is talking about is i also um serve as our youth leader there at russell springs united methodist church and um that there is a lot of positives that come with being someone that's in the school daily with your students mm-hmm. you know i see you guys come and 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 go a lot well covid kind of impacted a lot of that yeah, but right. um Cole from Three Trees would be in the lunchroom yeah. a lot. I've seen Christian, you know, and, and, and various events that we have there at school. Um, you guys get to come and be a part of that. And there's really no – you can't put a price on just being visible mm-hmm. in the schools. And But when you're in there working every day, yeah. it's another thing altogether. Um, so it's – it's you know, I've had opportunities where I've had kids come to me in the day with 
problems and mm-hmm. things that have arisen and say, hey, I really need to talk to you about this, and we can do that. And, cool. uh, and And there's a lot of just and, – and I think Brett, you know, getting to – to hear him, like I think he's a, does a tremendous job with that and working with young people and understanding the importance of relationship. As do all of us. I mean, you just can't put a price on it. Right. And when you're with those guys every single day, it really does translate to yeah. um, to Wednesday nights. I don't. Well. I don't think Brett listens, so you didn't really have to say. No. <laughs> <laughs> How does like what's the difference between since I guess you kind of have your toes in, in both sense of sets of water. You know, Brett is we talked about how his ministry is kind of unconventional. It's not yeah. steeped in a church. It's outside of the church, which is necessary. But I guess you kind of are both. You're but he also tries to connect in, with the yeah, church. Yeah, but yeah. you're yeah. kind of in both where you're doing ministry in the school just right. by being a teacher, sure. but then you're also doing ministry in the church as a, a youth pastor. Um, so what are the similarities and differences? How does you know, what, what does that look like? Yeah, I think you have to, uh, obviously, I think you have to, um, you have to know where you are and the dynamics of both places. Uh, certainly there's things that you can do on Wednesday night that you just couldn't possibly do on some random Tuesday at 10 o'clock at school. Mm, mm. Uh, but I think it's, you know, personally, I've never really given it much concern. I know that there's a big conversation, especially in today's world that we live in, about you know what religion and and expressing that looks like in public schools, mm-hmm. and I've never really given it much thought. If I have a kid, I have, you know, I may get in trouble for saying this, but I don't, I wouldn't, I would never change it. I've not, I'm not going to force anything upon any student that I teach. But right. if a kid comes to me and wants to step into the hall and pray, then we're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, That's awesome. And if a kid wants to, you know, come and have a conversation, and I've got a few minutes to do that, then we're going to sit down and talk and. Yeah. Um, and I think that's meaningful, you know, just knowing that someone's there for them that they can go to um, that's just right down the hall. And I, and I tell them all that on Wednesday nights, Sundays. You know, all of our, our kids there at RSUMC, I say, if you ever need anything, yeah. um, I'm right there. Just right. let me know, and we'll we'll do what we need to do. So it is a balance. Uh, it's, it's a different dynamic in both places. Uh, but I think it's just ultimately you're just following the leading of the yeah. Spirit and just saying, you know, God, what do you want me to do in this situation? Yeah. I thought about this a lot. Um, What's the teacher's lounge like? You know, it's so Fair exclusive. Is it as yeah. cool as they say it is in the cartoon? Or is it just like a Just straight off the top. Machine? Without going too deep, I'll tell you, no, it's not. <laughs> there's a bunch of paper in there and just... There's no uh, dancing. Yeah, there's, there's no, no, there's like, no disco ball. It's definitely not the cool kids I thought it was a party yeah. in there. To be so. honest with you, to be honest with you, I have... I had a the guy that I student taught with. He said, I'm going to give you one piece of advice, Dustin. He said, whenever you get where you're going and you get settled into a place, just stay out of the teacher's lounge. He said, nothing good happens in there. <laughs> so I've, you know, I've kind of That's held funny. to that, held to that uh, advice, and I don't go in there much. I kind of just – we have a little group of teachers there that I teach with that we eat lunch together in a classroom. So I kind of stay out of all that stuff and just let it happen. But <laughs> That's funny. Fair question. Now we yeah. – so – as the ag teacher, yeah. you're is it the sponsor of FFA? Yeah, so is that what it's called? We, we were we call ourselves advisors. I do that okay. with Bethany Garman. She goes to your guys' yeah, church. Yeah, I love Bethany. Um, and uh, we work together as advisors of the FFA, um, and that's in addition to being agriculture teachers during the day. So yeah. a lot of the trips we take are after school through the summer, um, and yep. FFA works in correspondence with the agriculture classroom. Okay. So it's it's. You learn about something in the classroom, then the purpose of FFA is going and actually getting to do it. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I I think, I mean, obviously you as a ag teacher, but also with FFA, you get something that 
most teachers don't get is you get to build the relationships with students that the teachers would never get to build. Absolutely. Whether it's on trips or just doing hands-on stuff. Right. Uh, and also most of those students are in FFA or doing something they love yeah. and are passionate about. I've from – so my school didn't have FFA growing up. Mm-hmm. Russellville, we just yeah. – it's not something anybody yeah. was interested in. But Logan County, our mm-hmm. county, huge into FFA. And, and I saw that um, – it's one of those programs that gets a large following that people are very passionate about it. So kind of with the passion that comes with people uh, in their FFA program and you being a a youth pastor uh, at the same time, what do you see as you being able to do ministry in that program? Because I know you're not going to like, all right, we're going to sit down and we're going to go over a message. But what does ministry look like in that setting? You know, I've always found, it's funny you asked that question because I've always found FFA, the, the, the club, the student organization, you know, to be similar to a youth group because FFA, lots of times, you know, we, we have students that find their place there that didn't really find their place anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't play football or maybe they don't play basketball, but they find their place in FFA and they go, this is my thing. This is what I'm latching on to. And it gives them purpose. Oh, yeah. Um, it gives them um, a sense of belonging. And I think a lot of our students in our youth ministries find that in our youth mm. groups. It gives them purpose and, and a sense of belonging as well. Yeah. Um, so the two are very similar in that regard. Um, but like you were, like I alluded to earlier, you know, on trips and, and various things, I'm also blessed with having a lot of, through the years, having a lot of kids that are strong in their faith. Um, you know, there is, in they kind of find a way to express that you know, on their own in FFA trips. I've had students, you know, completely student-led lead prayer before we leave on a trip to, you know, pray for safe travels. I've had students, um, you know, there's been a medical issue arise on a trip and decide to pray for that person while they're being took to the hospital. Just things that organic that kids do. I bet that's an interesting story, but... uh. Yeah, we definitely got some some interesting stories through the years, but uh, the kids will surprise you. And I've had, I've been blessed to have some great kids um, through the, through the years. And, and they know, you know, they know where I stand and, and how much right. my faith is important to me. And, and, uh, you know, that, that has op- opened up doors and conversations to mm. be had. And it's been a great thing, but balancing it, it it's, uh, it's just something that I think it, it kind of works itself out and takes right. care of itself. Yeah. FFA has always been fascinating to me, which what's FFA stand for again? Well, actually back in the day it stood for the future farmers of america oh, but that's what i thought it was uh-huh. mm-hmm. and that's what i thought it was still they, been lied they, to so ffa still they held that <clears throat> acronym but um, much of what we do today isn't necessarily about sending kids back to the farm it's a lot more about leadership um a lot more about you know just growing and developing them into future careers that doesn't necessarily right. mean they're going to be on a farm a lot of technology and stuff like that so Right now, they claim that their official name is just called the National FFA Organization, yeah. just to remove that connotation that gotcha. it only can be for farmers. Gotcha. So I but have keeping a, the acronym that people are yeah. familiar with. Yeah. It always was I always wondered that. Go ahead, Micah. Yeah, it was, just, it was always fascinating to me because I've got a couple of students that I know that are in it that are <laughs> nothing to do with I was going to say the same exact farming. thing. <laughs> like, like there's one in particular in my mind that is literally, when I think of farming, they're the last well, person I I'm think sh- of. You know, <laughs> but, but I was still under the impression of future farmers of America. So two of two of our strongest kids in our entire chapter that will be in the top three in leadership this next year. One of them is in your youth group, and one of them is in your youth and group. And we might be well, talking about the same. And person. you're probably talking about the same people, and <laughs> yeah. you're sitting there They're going, a city "Well, what, person what does this person have to do with farm?" And, and you know, there's a lot of uh, we do a lot of uh, 
speaking contests, like we have job interview contests. Yeah. We do a lot of things oh, that awesome. prepare them for a future, regardless of what that future looks like. Yeah. Right. You know, a lot of our kids will go off to be doctors or uh, teachers or in just in business as entrepreneurs or whatever the case may be. Youth ministers. Youth ministers. We have <laughs> we have some that that, Maybe. that that return to the farm, but the vast majority do not. And then the organization has kind of changed and molded over time to reflect that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That that probably make you know that makes a lot more sense to me now i've got yeah. that Same one or two here, students yeah. in my mind that there's yeah, two sure. of them that go to and i'm like I, 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 I can imagine like, oh, have so. you touched dirt before I'm like <laughs> yeah i'm like you're kind of like me like yeah. not really much of a farmer yeah yeah no so, that is awesome but that's cool when did that change from uh, future farmers of america to, i think they changed uh, the officially did the name change and kind of uh, began moving forward with that idea. I believe it was 1989, like 1990. Really? Yeah. Because I, f- I feel like when I was in high school, it was still coined yeah. as well, future farmers. Of and America. that's the thing, you know, whenever something like that changes, it, it takes, takes years and years and years for yeah. it to ever really change, you know, yep. because it's always been the future farmers of America. And I'll even still have, like, there's some guys I served with on the Farm Bureau board, uh, you know, old farmer guys, and, and that's still. Uh, they that's but still the future yeah. farmers of America to them, and it'll always it'll be always be that. Yeah. yeah, so you're not changing that. Oh, it's like that in everything. It's, it is especially like that in the church too. Sure. Which and and you know, I guess I can segue into another topic on at, at your all's church. You're starting to kind of have a big focus on small group ministry. Yeah, right. Um, and uh, I think last time we were with Brett, we talked a lot about that, a lot about small group ministry, the necessity of building relationships in order to be able to build that relationship with Christ. Um, But that's kind of not your standard view of what the church is. That's that's not a historical view of the church. So, you know, talk a little bit, I guess, what you all are doing with small groups. How are you kind of navigating the need for small groups yeah. in the world today versus the, the the stereotypical or just kind of the the general feeling of um, what the church should yeah. be for a lot yeah. of people. Um, this, to be honest with you guys, this is where my heart is. Like, um, and Garrett knows this because we talk about it all the time about transformational small groups and. Um, as Garrett mentioned, that's kind of been the focus of our church. A couple of years ago, we got a new pastor, um, uh, Pastor David Calhoun from Lindsey Wilson, and he, whenever he came here, that was kind of his vision. You know, we wanted to move back. We wanted to move away from just this consumerist, mm-hmm. consumerism uh, Christianity, just coming to church and going home and not letting it be much more right. than that. And the, re- and the way that we really dove into addressing that problem was discipleship and then to take that even one step further we said the best way to cultivate discipleship is in, the, in these transformational small mm-hmm. groups and we kind of tried to use the the coronavirus pandemic to help us with that you know i think um our, we, all of our churches were closed for an extended right. period of time yeah. that allowed us to get people meeting together in small groups um you know people were starved during that time for interaction mm-hmm. and as we've come out of that um we've really been able to push moving people into these small groups mm. so that they can get that interaction that they yeah. can crave, that just relationship with, with one another. And what we found is that's where it's where it is. That's that's you live and die by the relationships. Um and what we found is, you know, we've we we can get people to come to homes. We can get people to come to a cookout. We can get people to come to, you know, a, a wiffle ball game. 
and and then let's talk about the Lord while we're there and talk about our lives that would never come maybe on a Sunday yeah. morning. And we've mm-hmm. had great success with that. We still have a long way to go. I'm not going to sit here and say that it's been easy. It's not been. It, we were just talking the other day. Uh, Pastor David and I were talking the other day about how incredibly frustrating it can be. It's, sometimes it seems like you take you know one step forward and then not just two but ten steps yeah. back. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> but what we've seen and the successes that we've had, we've been able to develop. Um, relationships with people we wouldn't have otherwise. There was a, a girl um, a couple months ago that we got to know, 18, raising her two siblings. She didn't have a vehicle to get to work. We were able to meet with her and get her plugged into a group and get her a transportation, just opening up doors for That's people awesome. that otherwise aren't just going to just show up to our buildings on Sunday right. mornings. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it has been great. And you know, to taking that further, one step further, to the members of our church, we we wanted to just stop and say, okay, are we growing? Are we making a difference in the lives of our members, or are we just listening to a sermon? We're just doing church. Are we just doing yeah. church, or are we, um, are we are we taking the love of Jesus out into the into our community? Are we are mm-hmm. we um, you know doing ministry? Are we making a difference? And and the groups have done that. And but one thing we we really try to make sure that we uh, we hammer home is we don't just want another group to get together and, and, and go through a six-week yeah. Bible study. I what see. we want it to be is a transformational group is what we call it, where we're talking about our lives. You know, we have one group, a group that I'm in, a men's group, where we sat down each Tuesday morning and ask questions like, well, you know, what areas have you sinned this week? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and Brett brought that up last yeah. podcast. Brett used the phrase, how's your sin life? Yeah. Right. How <laughs> like, is it with your soul this week? Yeah. And every single person has to go around the room, and, and we have to give account for our our personal and prayer wow. time that week. That is powerful. And uh, that's the, I was actually going to start a sermon series um, in a few months um, called The Lost Practice yep. the, the, of Confession that yeah. the church today doesn't really do a lot of that. You know, and at first that should, was... We should do confession on the hub. <laughs> we'll, we'll start with Christian. Uh, yeah. Christian, how's Poor your brother. sin life? How's your sin life? Bro? It but, is you know, great. All time I mean, high. No. Killing it. <laughs> that was... Uh, that, and that, you need you need a close group to do sure that. Sure you do. And that was a foreign thing at first. And I will say, this group has been, it's kind of been the pioneering group for the others in our church. And it kind of happened organically. Hmm. You know, we started meeting uh, before any of this really became a, a priority in our church. And we were just a Sunday school class that studied uh, a hmm. curriculum. And we have over time yeah. become closer. Um, we have we have really. We eat lunch together several times a week. We once a month we try to get together and do something like we watch the Super Bowl together. We're gonna have That's a pool awesome. party here soon Bro. with our families. And uh, you know, at That's first cool. it was a foreign concept to sit there and talk about the things that are are going wrong in your life. Yeah. But knowing that you have four or five other guys and we pray for each other every week and um, that are there for, through thick and thin for anything, every single person in that group would tell you that they have seen growth in their faith. Growth in their relationship with the Lord, like they've never seen before, yeah, as a result of that. Yeah, and I see that is just a reflection of what the early church sure was. It was. And, that's and exactly when, right. I, I always say that when church became a verb, that's when we s- distorted the biblical idea of church. Church is a noun. It. It's who we are. It, it's a community. But mm-hmm. when we say, "I'm going to church," "I'm going to do church," "Let's have church today," you know, we've distorted what it's supposed to be. It, to yeah. us, church is. Let's just go and hear a sermon, sing a couple songs, and take communion yeah. instead of 
No, let's be the church. Let's be there for one another. Let's pray together. Let's talk about our difficulties together. Let's let's yeah. gospel give the gospel to others together. I mean, if y'all are looking for ideas to do with your men's group, bro, axe throwing in Lexington. Axe throwing that sounds like <laughs> is so much fun. We took middle that school would be guys. Awesome. Oh, that gosh. was fun. Nah, That'd yeah. be dangerous. I'm telling you what, that is that when they say living life on the edge, you take a bunch of middle school on the guys and throw axes. <laughs> no, that's no joke. Like that's, that's awesome. a blast. Y'all should look to into that. Uh, to suggest that is is to say that you do not know the men in the group. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to keep Rodney from cutting. Right. Yeah. 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 But well, uh, that would be fun. It would be fun. It's a blast. You know, the power of the small group is what you you know what you were just saying and how it's affected all those men's life and I really like the story you said about the young girl who how she got involved in a sure. small group. One of the things uh, if you're listening today and you know maybe maybe you go to a church or, or or you've struggled with the idea of getting involved totally in a church or going consistently or or maybe you're someone who has been in church but your your church doesn't have a small group. One of the things you can do is. Uh, you don't need a church. You don't need a committee to vote on it. You can have a small group in your own house. Amen. Absolutely, uh, you can. You, you know, you think about the early church that they invited people into their homes, and, and one of the best ministries you can do is your own home ministry. And it doesn't have to be nothing elaborate. You don't mm-hmm. have to be the best grill or rib smoker in the world to have people over. You don't have to have a swimming pool. It helps. Uh, it helps, <laughs> but. <laughs> yeah. You know, I preached a sermon on that a few weeks ago. Um, we are doing our core we're doing a series in our like core beliefs as a church, and I got to do family ministry. Um, and I was watching. Was that I, planned? Because you're the youth minister and family minister. Well, Bucky's like, which one do you want to do? And it's like, ah, I feel like this one's probably the one I should do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I was doing some heavy research, uh, watching YouTube videos. And <laughs> bro, that's uh, I really was watching YouTube videos about other churches and like their ideas of family ministry and their ideologies and their theology behind it and all that stuff. All the ologies. Um, and one guy used the phrase family ministry is the partnership between the local church and the domestic church. Mm. And what he's referring to is our ministry at home needs to be a priority. Parents with kids, husband, wife, individuals. Sure. Um, Dustin's a bachelor. So Dustin has a domestic church right now. That might just be him, but in the future, Putting the pressure on him. That, <laughs> that might be Dang, a husband and wife. Macy's listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, shout out. Shout out. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, you know, the domestic church, it's it's so important. And and, and like Christian is, is talking about, hosting that, that small group or whatever, and, and that might be, you know, I would say, Dustin, your small group with your men's, that's pretty daggone close to a domestic church. Sure. You know, it because is. you guys see each yep. other as literally as brothers in Christ. And and so that that's that would be, you know, outside of a biological family that's about as close as you can get uh as far as yeah. uh outside of i guess like obviously like adoption and, and it could be like two that, or three friends you don't have to have right. a 15 person yeah. small group well, just and, think about like how our friend group is you know we're all different we have backgrounds yeah well, it's hard it's, did you let hard. garrett in the friend group <laughs> <laughs> i don't remember seriously bring that up you know, you've been voted on <laughs> <laughs> yeah we have um you, know, you go to you're at the Baptist Church, well, I mean, Christian four, Church, we Methodist Church. Yeah. we got four churches represented when right here. On Jared and Jackie come. And three, three trees. That's three true. denominations. You know Which I was going to allude to that, too. You know, I, I knew you guys. And the reason that I... The, the reason that my heart is so heavily invested in these small groups, 
and the importance of relationship is just because of how real it's been for me in my life in the last mm. few years. Right. I knew you guys before, but you know, my girlfriend is Macy and she is very good friends with all of your wives. Mm. And that has brought me closer to you all and as a result that, of that. that. That's yeah. came out of a group yeah, that they it have. Has. That and it's a multi-church yeah. group. Sure. And, uh, you know, not only my men's group on Tuesday mornings, um, but but you guys and the relationship I'm able to build with you. And even the – we like it so much, we've just jumped into Freedom's Tuesday small group. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, Macy and I, we go – we don't we never miss. Well, it's not even supposed to be – it started as our church group, but, like, uh, Micah and Jenny have – uh, Mike well, Mike hasn't started coming yet. Jenny's come. come so, but it's, but, uh, you know, it's just. I didn't get invited. No. Yeah, you did. <laughs> sorry, well, we got well, CR on Tuesday. Well, it's, sorry. Here's the thing. It's, it's a Christian and Methodist church thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Baptist, <laughs> man. You know, but, you know. I, we know Baptists only meet on Wednesdays. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. No. And then, whereas, I don't know if there's food there, so you guys might. Yeah, if there's not food, we wouldn't come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the more I believe. I think my church might be more Baptist than they believe, you know. We do the same thing, man. Food. do the food. I got a text a couple weeks ago saying, we're having Father's Day meal this this year. I was like, okay. Because <laughs> like, we exactly. couldn't have it last yeah. year. And I was like, okay, let's yeah. go. Let's, but uh, let's every every uh, aspect <laughs> every aspect of my life has been improved through close mm. relationships and small groups. Yeah. Um, and, and I know that that's waiting there for so many yeah. people that are just on the cusp of that. And, yeah. and that's kind of our, our prayer. Did your all's bed ministry come out of your small group? Yes, it did. Actually... It's funny you say that because the bed ministry, we all talk about constantly how it was kind of the driving force to make all this possible. Hmm. Wow. Uh, everything that, that led. You want to go ahead and explain what that is yeah, for sure. people? Um, a couple years ago, our Sunday school group, our, at that time, it's all we were. We just met on Sunday mornings and did a Bible study. Um, you know, we, we kind of had, I remember Rodney setting us down and being like, guys, I think we, we could really put together something here and maybe put a ministry together. It's something we could do. Let's all be praying about that. Well, I think it was two or three of the six guys on, in one day heard this story on K-Love about this, this guy out on the West Coast that was doing this bunk bed ministry, essentially for people in their mm. community that needed a place to sleep. They would build a bunk bed and take it to their home. Yeah. And we're like, man, we could do that here. I wonder yeah. what the need's like. Um, and we didn't realize. We had oh no gosh. idea. So we, we brought that back and was like, you know, that's definitely not a coincidence. That's the Lord saying, hey, this is something we need to do. Get to work, boys. Yep, get to work. <laughs> and uh, we did. And right before Christmas, we built a couple beds and posted on Facebook about it. And we immediately had like five phone calls. Hey, we need a bed. We've got this family that doesn't mm -hmm. have a bed. And, and we went into the homes and, and delivered these beds. And each home we go into... It's not just about delivering a bed. That's our foot in the door. Mm -hmm. We, every single group that we meet, every single family we meet, we try to follow up with them. Uh, we take on pizza occasionally. Uh, we host events for just those key people. Wow. Like we, we've rented out the, uh, we've rented out the the hop, skip, and jump for our bed families where they can come and just oh, get a free awesome. meal and play. Uh, we hope to that's rent the cool. rent the pool out this year at the city park for them. Mm -hmm. And uh, just getting to know them because you can come into a home, especially, and, and you guys know this doing ministry, it, there's, there's always just like a reservation there. Or, why are these people doing this? Right. You know, and, and I get that. I totally do. But when you're in the home for the fourth time and they're going, mm -hmm. man, maybe these people actually do just love yeah. me. Yep. You know, what are, they're not getting anything out of this. And it's not like you're, you're, you're not going in there with the mindset of, 
you've got to get to church right sure. away. It's right. Love it's on them that. first. It's love right? them first. That's exactly right. And, and as the third and the fourth and the fifth time you visit these people and you develop a relationship, we keep coming back to that word, but that's what it's about. You know, that's when you can sit down with a dad and be like, hey, have you thought about bringing your kids to friends mm. on Wednesday nights. Well, here's what this could mean. And have you thought about coming? And maybe you yeah. could join us in building beds and, and giving back too. Yeah. Yeah. And we've seen success in that. But the first time just rolling in there, hey, here's a here's a pamphlet, pat on the back, good luck, we'll never see you again. Oh, yeah. We don't want to do that. Yeah. And um, that's that's kind of been the, the model of our ministry, just to, that not, not about numbers, not about how many beds we can build, not about how many – uh, of this or that, but how many people can we build a relationship with? Mm. Yeah, that's and, yeah. Uh, I think that's uh, a good thing. You know, Bucky. I don't know where he got the phrase from, but I've always heard him say it. People don't know how much people don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. That's exactly right. Uh, and that goes back to you know Jesus just saying, you know, the greatest of these is love, and literally mm-hmm. just loving people. Yeah, uh, and and genuinely loving them, not faking it. And that bed ministry that you're talking about is a, is a great example of just. Like you said, you, you, there's nothing you get out of it. No. Um, and there's a risk there. There's a risk with with no earthly reward. And sure. so for, for the family there, the, the perception is, to them, there is no reward in their perception for you all. There's mm-hmm. nothing there. Of course, for you, it's it's a blessing to you to be able to yeah. serve and, and, and serve the Lord and, and His people. But, uh, you know, there's that, that to me, you know, I just can, can't imagine being a family that my kids don't have beds and... And some random dudes and dudettes come in and yeah. are like, "Here's a bunk bed, right. and you we know, love I, you. Here's some pizza. Yeah, you know? I think, no strings attached. I think um, waiting on the bill to come in and yeah. you know, it's free. It's yeah. it's been amazing to see how how touching it is and like something you would never think. Like we're we're privileged and we're we're fortunate. We're blessed." And Extremely. we don't think about that there there are people and kids yeah. out there that Our are sleeping on the floor. You know, guys, I had a. I'll never forget this for as long as I live. We went into a home. It was January, February. It was cold. Um, went into a home. He was a 15-year-old boy. And we walked into the room that we were going to put a bed in. And it was it was a glorified closet is what it was. And there was uh, a bath towel laid on the floor. And he had a water – that was his bed. Oh and he had a wadded-up sweatshirt. That's what he used for a pillow. Oh. And there was a hole in the floor that he slept right beside big enough that I could have crawled through straight to the dirt. Oh, my god! And it was February, freezing cold. And that is all around us. And and you wouldn't think it because there's so much, there's so many people that, I don't know how to put this, that you you, you look at the population of Russell County and you don't think, there's a a lot of homeless people. There's a a lot of people that are struggling here. But it's very pervasive. It is. Um, And, you know, we have... Someone who's going to be on our podcast next time, I think, yeah. um, who goes to my church. Um, his name's Gordon. He's one of our elders, and he deals directly with the families in the community that mm-hmm. are struggling. Yeah. And just the things that he's told me and the, and the places I've gone with him, sure. it, it, it's unbelievable you know, that it, even in a community like this, We, we found there. through our church, we before there's a place called The Hub now that has kind of taken over that, that service so yeah. we, we can send people there. They have more resources, and they're pulling from a lot of different things. So, yeah. but before them, we got we we often got a lot of people that come in, ask them for help, and things like that. We we found often the people who genuinely, truly need the help 
don't ask for it. That's exactly. Or they yes, don't know where to go to ask for it. Yeah. And so you, we often we got a lot of what well, what we would call users or abusers of the mm-hmm. system that are that literally go from my church to Christian's church, sure. then to Dustin's church yeah. to to get help from all these places, yeah. and they're really just getting a handout. And we, there was one winter we helped a family that, you know, when we had a what was it Kmart. What was the name? Kmart. Was it Kmart? That's before Kmart. I was here. Yeah. yeah. So, Kmart. So my days. A, that's been a while. I can't even remember. So we had K. a Kmart, and they, they had the big K. Yeah. They, <laughs> the the family had put all of their Christmas presents. This was probably November. All the kids' Christmas presents on layaway, and they were like paying on them, and they weren't, you know, they weren't like thousands of dollars. I mean, this it was they were trying to give their kids a good Christmas. The dad worked two jobs. The mom worked. A job and a part-time job. They were very busy. They worked hard. A couple kids. One kid got really, really sick and had to go to like Cincinnati Hospital, mm-hmm. uh, like Children's Hospital in Cincinnati, and, and was there for like weeks. And so through those bills, they they canceled all of their Christmas gifts oh, so gosh. that they could pay the bills. And we heard about that, and we through they didn't come asking for help. Sure, someone right. a connection to our church to them said, "Hey, look, this family really needs your help." And those are the people that you know we want to help everybody, but the people who who are not looking for a handout, are not yeah. just trying to yeah. use and abuse, yeah. that genuinely need help, we find so often that, that we have to go looking for right. them. Yeah, that's uh, a great you know, point. You, you're going to get a call. Probably you get calls from other churches now at the bed ministry. They hear of yeah. someone who, you know, um, and, you know, the bed ministry is a great way. And, you know, a phrase we, we always want to have extravagant generosity. And so even if we're pretty sure someone's using or abusing the system, we kind of say, well, they might, they still might need it more than we do. Sure. Uh, and so we still, you know, you might get a call from someone who's got a bed, but they just want a nicer bed. But well, you can you know, give them a nicer bed. You know, what I mean, one thing we talked about is, um, you know, what we build are very nice beds. We we have about three hundred and fifty dollars in every bed. They get a, they get blankets, sheets, mattresses, pillows as well. Oh wow. Um, and what we determined early on uh, is, like, guys, you know, you may roll into a pawn shop and see this thing sitting there. You know, like, yeah, <laughs> and we drop them of off three hundred dollar bed, then they pawn it and go do whatever right. with the money. You know, but you never know. You, you what... try to avoid those things, yeah. but at the end of the day, it's again, it's about trying to be the blessing and following, leading the spirit, and having people like Gordon that y'all are going to have on soon. Um, uh, Gordon just happens to be my uncle. You know, wow. think a lot of him, and he works closely with our bed ministry in getting us connections in right. the homes and connections right. of helping people that truly need it. So, in order in order to be as effective as we are, um, we rely heavily on people like that making yeah, those yeah. connections. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good. Awesome. I like Micah's point that you know, and what you guys are doing is you know, for our listeners, go out and seek where needs need to be met, and that's kind of speaking to me. You know, like I think Christian, how much are you failing? Like waiting for people to come to you to yeah. help them. Uh, yeah. And as a pastor, that, uh, like, well, and, and people don't want do. to, like I, that, I tell people yeah. all the time, like, like I, I want to know when you're in the hospital. I want to know when you're right. Like, but they don't want to go out of their way to do yeah. it. So yeah. you really got to seek them. Sure. And, yeah. Like for, so for us, like at, at freedom, we actually, we just started a food pantry and specifically started doing it because of the bed ministry that the Methodist church is doing. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to partner with them. We haven't really sat down and talked yep. about it. Um, closely but we're trying to figure out how we as two different congregations can serve together i think that's a beautiful thing like i hope that we you know garrett and i've talked about it some but hopefully that's something that we can set down and and mold into something that you know is it brings forth extra ministries from other churches like that and uh, you know christian i was sitting here just thinking as garrett said that we went into a home 
right before the pandemic, I guess. And that day, uh, Kevin Williams yep. and Charlie Smith, um, Janelle yep. Smith, and some of those went with us. And whenever we dropped off the bed that night, um, because, and I'll preface that by saying uh, Kevin was gracious enough to donate some of his funds from the fundraiser that right. he has with First Baptist Church to our ministry. Yeah. So he wanted to come and see what we do. And, That's awesome. And uh, some of the people from your church came with him. And when we got there, this is an awesome story. I love to tell it. When we got there, you know, we were talking to the kids and, and the mom and all these things. And we saw that in their kitchen, their roof was falling through. Oh, man. So without even being prompted, you know, we, we left that night. First Baptist RS, RS1 goes back and fixes those people's roof. Wow. I don't even know that that was even publicized or mm. you know, that's not what it's about. Right. That's a really cool thing. Like here, here's a need we can that we found. Let's meet it. Yeah. And uh, I didn't even know that story. That's and some of them went back and fixed that lady's roof. Wow. Just from you know yeah. getting to. Of course, to Christian didn't know about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, they didn't want Christian fixing over. No <laughs> we got we got we to gotta fix a roof. Yeah, don't I, even call Christian. Yeah, I'm not on that ministry team. <laughs> Uh, Christian, you just stay at home and pray about it. Exactly. <laughs> Christian, you'll just be I'll talking to the you. roof. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Christian, you run a VBS while we do this. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, don't let me build nothing. Excuse me, but partnering with other churches is something that we definitely want to do more of in the future. And, right. Well, yeah. it's important for people to see it is. that the unity yeah. of the blood of Christ. You know, there's, gosh, there's so many churches in Russell County. I, Bucky at... Um, a, a while back in one of our ministerial association meetings, he did the ran the numbers, and there's like 130 churches. Oh, it's ridiculous! In Russell it's crazy. County. Yeah, it is. And, it's unbelievable. And, it's like and people look at that, almost. and all they see is division. Yeah. Like, why else would there be this many different congregations? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so important for people to know that we're we we are one body. You know, yeah. we're different families of that body. We're different branches, different body parts, but we're all that one yeah. body. And and um, you know, I, I don't think we work together enough, and it's important that we we do that in a service way and, and a worshiping way. You know, we're trying to do more worship services as well, and and between actually even at Russell County and Adair County, we're doing mm-hmm. some of that. But um, it, it's it's really important um, for churches, congregations yeah. to come together as the church. You know, one of the things that I have prayed before and actually i'll be honest i haven't prayed in a while and just this kind of talking with you guys makes me remind me of it was you know the prayer for for god give me your eyes for the people hurting out there and you know that's something we can do and uh, that's something i feel convicted to do now is like to when i'm praying in the morning before i go out of those doors at my house all right god you show me who needs help because they're like we said they might not come to us how can i go out um you know the same way jesus did we weren't looking for him he come and found us Mm. Uh, how can i go and find people um that are in need and i think there's prayers that that god really likes to answer yeah i think that's a good one (laughs) uh, you know you better be keeping your eyes yeah be careful uh be ready to give up some time maybe a little cash well i'll tell you we talked about a student um that that knew um dustin and his eye you know telling that story um that student specifically i had prayed to come into my life and i've not actually told this before but i i can distinctly remember um where i was at a point in my youth ministry where i i felt like i was really feeding into the people the the students there 
they were growing, but I came to this like realization. I had just finished reading Francis Chan's book, Letters to the Church, and yeah. I oh, yeah. came to this realization, you know, what am I doing to impact people that don't know Christ? What am I doing there? And, and I can remember I was in the shower thinking about this, and I just prayed this prayer, God, send me someone to, 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 to help grow up next to you. Send me, help me to find that person that really needs you that yeah. I can, you know, be Christ to. And he did. Yeah, and it was hard. There were some times See, where I just, you know, it was difficult. You're like, ah, why did I pray? Yeah, <laughs> that's, the, that's the thing. Like, you know, it's another thing altogether to invest time in someone that may not be a believer or that doesn't know the Lord. Like, you, are you willing? You know, we talk about all these things about how we hope to be the hands and feet of Christ. But for most of us, if it's an inconvenience, oh, yeah. then and it will are be we really, you know, yeah. and yeah. are we willing to bring uh, that young man into our home to see what a functional family looks like? Yeah. Are we willing to, you know, go get that person out of jail for the fourth time? Yeah. Are we willing to be what we say we want to be? Mm-hmm. And for a lot of people, Ouch. it's it's a it's a tough thing. Easy, and it, for me too. I'm not <laughs> I'm not saying that I do that, but it, it's lobbing grenades over yeah. my way. <laughs> but I just I think it's so important, and you know we we've talked about this uh, idea of small groups and relationships all day um, in this episode. But you know, uh, Garrett and I have talked about this a little bit. I think that's the future of the church in America. Oh, it has to be. Like, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be doing life with it, with with people. It's going to be out in the homes and at barbecues and in backyards. You know, mm. one more quick story. I was reading this article a couple months ago. If I can find it, I'll try to send it to you guys. It, but it was very cool. It was about this church plant, this pastor. And, you know, whenever you go and plant a church, you have, like, a church plant team. There'll be, like, mm. a couple families that go with you to help. Well, there's this husband and wife that as a part of this, they went with the pastor to start this plant, church plant, and their role was to do this thing called Friday Nights with Jesus. And they, on Friday nights, they would have all their friends over, and, and they would all try to invite someone that may not be a believer, and they mm. would have game nights. And then they would, you know, introduce uh, a prayer time where they would talk about various things, keeping it very transformational. And in the three years that that church, three years after that church was started, they had... I can't remember the exact numbers, but it was like 80-something salvations from Friday nights with Jesus wow. in the home. Wow. And like 14 in, in the church setting. That's amazing. Wow. And that's that's the future of our church. Like, we have got to get out of this mindset that the church is a building. Man, we can bring people to faith in Christ at a dinner table, at, at a you know restaurant, wherever right. we well, are. Well, it, when you look at the origins of the early church, the people— that Christ came to the people, the, the sinners, the tax collectors, the poor. Mm-hmm. They weren't welcomed in the synagogues. They weren't welcomed no. in oh, the yeah. temple. They weren't welcomed in the religious establishment. Well, what's the church become now? We've become the We've religious become esta- that. Exactly establishment right. that the poor, the marginalized, the, the the sinners aren't welcome in. And so, if we want to go back to biblical roots, it takes being relational. It takes it does. going to where they are, to right. bringing people into our homes in the same and sense. it's very hard to create that, that, that change in mindset for people that have done it for years and years and years. I mean, for 75 years, that's what the church has been. It's been come and see how yeah. big we can grow it. Mm. And, you know, what big. we've tried to really hammer home and with, you know, it's been a struggle at times is Sunday, what we want Sunday mornings to be is a celebration of all the else that's happening throughout the week. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's what we want Sunday mornings to be. We don't want Sunday morning to be the end-all, be-all. That's that's yeah. that bottom down here. Right. Sunday morning is just a celebration of all the good things that are going on no. through the week. Yeah, and I think, like, our, I know our our church, we've, 
I've, I've said, and we've agreed that my student ministry and our church in general coming out of COVID, we've been at kind of a crossroads and it's just, uh, we've got to make the decision of which way we're trying to go. Yeah. Uh, instead of being a come and see, we want to be a go and be church. And, mm. and we've used that phrase a lot. Um, and you know, I, we've, we've just talked a lot about what, what does that look like? And, and we've even seen, you know, I've, I've, express that if man if we want small groups like we we are trying to do the same thing with small groups if we want those to be a consistent part we've got to be willing to sacrifice things if we want absolutely if we want to be a go and be church on wednesday night instead of doing our normal wednesday night we should be saying we're actually going to go help rcmc and we're going to deliver beds and and you know i've got that the feeling that 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 motivation of like man if someone doesn't want to be a part of that then you don't know what the kingdom of God looks like. Sure. And you may not really want to be a part of the kingdom of God. And you may just want to do church, and that's whatever. And so, you know, we, we've been, and this is what Dustin was talking about a few minutes ago, like we've got to be willing to make those sacrifices that are uncomfortable. And I like what you said, that you've tried to change what your Sunday looks like. It's mm-hmm. not not necessarily, and maybe you have been, but it's not so much the order of service, right, or, but right. just the feeling of Sunday morning. We, we want to get back together. We want to re-energize, the refresh. Mindset. Yeah, we want to refocus and celebrate our wins, uh, collectively work through our losses and see how we can make those better, yeah. and then you know and go back into the field, right? And Bucky had and kind of be refilled by the presence yeah, of God, yeah, exactly. And, and then celebrate your wins and and you know not mourn your losses, but how how can we fix those kind of a mm-hmm. deal? And and when I was a student in high school, Bucky was my youth minister. He had, when we left our, our area in the church, there was a big sign on the wall we left said, now entering the mission field. And so, like, his point of emphasis is a lot is like, like, yeah, like, this is church. We come, But, like, when you leave, this is more important. You yeah. know, like, we've got to go get people here. We've got to go tell people who Jesus is. And so I think that's the mentality that, especially, I think, American church, because sure. you've got the American dream of consumerism. Uh, we're fighting. We fight a lot. You know, I, I get. I get. Uh, I have to rein myself in sometimes because I go so far one way. I, I, yeah. That it doesn't take. I have to go. You know, Sunday mornings are important, and what we do there. You know, being fed by good, godly pastors in the pulpit, yeah. and and being all of that is vital to the health of a church, and and we can't ne- negate that. But oftentimes, I've always thought, man, what if we just showed up here on Sunday morning, especially RSUMC, right here on Main Street? What if we just showed up here one morning and we said. You know, today we're just gonna go out. Let's mm. go. Let's go to Kroger and buy some people's groceries. Let's yeah. go walk down Main Street. Don't and pray go home for and sit on your couch. Yeah. 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 What if something. we did that? And ha- you know, maybe, maybe, just maybe, too. more could be accomplished in that two hours. Yeah. For the kingdom of we're God, in the other fifty-one weeks, right? That setting that building. Be the week powerful. before or two weeks before school starts, we're kind of doing something similar to that, um, where we're not meeting in the church building. Um, we're going into all the schools and we're praying over each school mm-hmm. and yeah. in yeah. different groups. And that's so an awesome. We've done thing. that with the parking lots and things yeah. like that. It's it's super powerful. Yeah. I mean, anything yeah. like that, it, it helps move people from the mindset that that church is just this mm-hmm. concrete block, you know. Um, and when you can get out and do things like that, I think it makes a massive yeah. difference. So there's something we do uh, on the Hunt podcast, Dustin. Okay. Um, with Garrett. Two and one. Uh, day. It's mainly with Garrett. <laughs> uh, but so, and in, in Dustin, you're a teacher. You work with young people yep, a lot. Yep. So you probably might know some of these Gen Z phrases. So okay. we like to give Jer- Garrett, Jarrett, uh, Garrett a Gen <laughs> Z phrase uh, or word, and we like to see if he can learn and come up with the definition. So, Garrett, it's a word today. It's one word. 
And I feel like you know this one. I feel like I'm just you, giving you a give soft, him, a you soft give him some easy You've been giving me some easy ones here lately. Well, I'll be honest. Just to be fully transparent, there's a lot of them that we can't really use. <laughs> oh, there's yeah. a lot of pretty inappropriate ones. That Understand. It's like, all right, you know. Like, We're running out. We're going to have to start a new series. And a lot of their stuff is used as like, you know, negative connotation anyway. But anyway, <laughs> your word today is whack. Uh, is, I you got, you got this one. Garrett. I think this I've one's used down that there. one before. Have you? I feel like I've never heard you use this one. Well, I've not. I mean, used I'm not it. always around you, so I mean, it's one of my favorite words. Actually, I like it. It would be. I like, definitely have heard Christian use this. Wouldn't one. it be like that? <laughs> like something like is crazy? Uh, not crazy. Not quite not crazy, but you would use whack to describe something. Use it in a sentence. Let's see if you, <laughs> you got an idea on it. Um. That guac was whack. No, uh, not quite. No. I mean, it could be food. You could, but, but I don't think you could. More oh, like a, wait, man, what? English class is whack. Now what's it mean after hearing that definition? Like it's or that boring? Uh, lame. Stinks. More lame. Yeah, yeah. it's just kind of like I was going to say lame. I, I, the kids use that one. Like yeah. there's some. Whack, whack? is still yeah. really popular. Yeah. Hey, if you're like. I hear, I hear that one. I use it quite a few times a day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're that's like whack, that's lame. Bro, that's yeah, whack. like if you were like, hey, I feel like, like it would be something that would be like, man, that's whack. Like that's cool. That's awesome. See, this oh, is how no. we do it. Yeah, yeah exactly. He I needs mean, to know. Or, or right. like if I go to a restaurant and they're like, oh, you got an hour wait. I like. Uh, you're paying whack. thousands of dollars for your theological training. You can just come here and get that for free. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> I mean, for that's free. A blessing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you were not really that close. I mean, you kind of were actually the opposite. I mean, yeah. really, because he was thinking like good and a cra- like well, crazy. Well, I'm just thinking like much. kind of like crazy, like like man, I that's unbelievable. Oh like, that's no, whack. whack's not unbelievable. That would be wow. That that's... would be probably wow. Use... <laughs> oh, I know wow. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, whack is yeah, whack's just more lame. Like, dude, uh, that's messed bro, up. that's whack. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah so, I would not have guessed that that's the way that it's well, used. Well, I'm glad I used that. I, I really I hate I mean, too. I'm not trying to trash you here, but I, I thought you would have known that one. So I was giving you a soft toss, but you yeah. missed it. Give so. me some <laughs> theological terms. I'll give you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I got a, a hum moment. I heard um, just kind of interesting. Jeff uh, Bezos is going to space. Oh, yeah. So, I saw that. Um, would you guys... If no. Given the chance, nope. Would you ever get one hundred percent? Yes, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. I want to. Sure. They came out with Dang. an article back really in twenty uh, twenty sixteen. Yeah, actually, that they were on some Mars list. For right. Yeah, no, seriously, <laughs> seriously. They came out by by twenty twenty. By twenty twenty five, they're wanting to start like potentially colonizing Mars. And I, I don't know if that Garrett timetable... Hey, they're going to need a pastor up there, but probably. In 2016, that's when they, they said they were going to try to start doing that. And I read that article, and I was like, I want to go. See, I, I would love I've to always go to Mars. been fascinated with space and, and astronomy. Yeah. Like, I would be... All about that. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I'd be terrified, too. But yeah. it would be I cool. think space scares me to death. Originally, I go? wanted to write my... <laughs> But I would not be the first flight. I was about to say, I thought you would go. Yeah, no, that's a different thing. Yeah, I would go after about, uh, after all the billionaires went, and if they survived, then I would go. I'm with you on that. I originally Um, wanted to write... So I really, they get like the average citizen. You know how like that one year they get like a random space. Or it was like a random <laughs> elementary school teacher. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was on the Apollo. That was uh, one that, that yeah, the Challenger. Out. The Challenger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a, uh, you know, and that's why every school system yep, was watching. That's exactly. Yeah, right. I would not be a random person just to get on. It'd have to take me a while. A few successful yeah, trips. I will stay here. I'll I'll get your mail. For <laughs> thanks, you. thanks. Uh, I don't mind. Walk a bit my dog. To do that. 
Um, send but, yeah, it to space. It's crazy. So. I originally wanted to write my dissertation on the correlation Here between theology and astrophysics. This is not the mind um, of Gary. So, like podcast. I have a really, <laughs> I really soon. have wow. like a deep interest. Kind of stay in tuned it. for that. Uh, <laughs> so we have started an Instagram. Oh really? Uh, yeah. Yes, um, we have. We have, and and uh, we it's called the Hunt Podcast. Uh, so give us a follow on that. We're going to try to uh, be involved with that and then let you know when stuff gets posted. And, you know, Dustin was alluding to an article earlier. So things like that, be able to post stuff like that that we talk about so you can be involved yes. with it and, and read up on it. Uh, so we're looking forward to being a part of that. You can comment on stuff. Leave us, you know. I don't have social media, so yeah, I don't well, know what goes yeah. on with all well, that stuff. You also don't have That's any why friends, he doesn't know what And, and we'll also post the book of the week. Yeah. Yeah. What? Um, of the week? Yeah, and so we're starting I off. Can help with Dustin, that. if you had to pick, okay, uh, we'll I post like this. Um, if somebody, um, one spiritual book that impacted your I life forever, what would I it be? I'm gonna have to learn to read. Aren't this, I? Is, this is I easy. Bet this is Let easy. me guess what it is. This is easy. You know Don't guess? spoil it. Just is it Pursuit of God by A. W. Tozer? No, no, no. Oh, that's mine. I, but I would say, like, I love that book. But I don't the one it. that immediately came to my mind because of Christian is because we've already talked about it. I don't know if you got around to reading it. We went out to dinner the other night, and we talked about it oh, a yeah. lot. But in the past year, the most impactful book that I have read, and it's not even close, and I'm a big reader. I read a lot. Oh, um, it's Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland. It is Say fantastic. Gentle and Lowly? Gentle and Lowly. Bro, not only did so I read it, like a I preached uh-huh. I preached two weeks ago. The whole sermon was based off of that I book. did. I, I did one as well um, oh, for so our good. church and a uh, uh, a few months back, and I've read the book. I've read the book three. Yeah. I've read the book three times and listened to the audio book three once. It is uh, because like how much is there, man? Bro, every chapter you yes. can spend. It's one of the best books I've ever read. It's fantastic. Sure. You trying to have a book group and, and read it? Yeah, book club. I, I would be down for that because I'm telling you, um, when Garrett was talking earlier, so that Garrett that book would not be whack. Yeah, that book would clear. not be whack. It would not, no, it's not a whack book. That's when Garrett whack. was talking yeah. earlier, you know about. You know the marginalized and and the sinners and the and you know G- and Jesus spending time with them, like uh, I immediately came back to that book and that con- oh, yeah. part of the conversation because mm-hmm. there's a part in there where he goes and talks about how Jesus was a friend of sinners and him making that that him, that statement being made about him should be one of the most comforting things to us because mm-hmm. that's what we all are. Yeah, um, Pre- and it's a, preach one time. We talked about that it's last a, night in our Wednesday night Bible study. That that word that's used, it, it's harmatolos. It's it just it that the word in other biblical writings means missing the mark. People that don't measure up, and when it's used in the Bible, it's denoted as someone that's like unrighteous that misses the mark of God's calling. And we've kind of corrupted that word as you're filthy, you're dirty, you're outside of God's presence. But there's more meaning to it. It it could be someone that was outside of the the pharmaceutical stuff. Like you just you didn't measure up to what the Pharisees or the Essenes or the the different sects of Jewish religion, or it was you were outside of the law, or it was you just didn't always do what God wanted you to do. And there's a lot of ways to interpret sinners but the point is no matter what G- that's who Jesus was with yep. he was with the people that were you that's know who that, he that moved word towards. yeah that that's, word yeah. is kind of like used in the new testament as the marginalized of religious society like yeah. you are a jew but you are a sinful jew so you're like you're kind of um it's used a lot next to tax collector which a tax collector was a traitor to the jewish na- nation a sinner would be a traitor to god and, and Jesus, 
as God is hanging out with people yeah. that are traitors to God. That's who he's drawn to. He's and that's it's crazy. Incredibly beautiful thing. And yeah. that's so comforting to know, you know. And and but I, anybody out there that hasn't read that book, I would strongly encourage you to do. I'd that. encourage you to order it on Amazon today. Gentle and Lowly by Dane D A N E Ortland. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Definitely nice. top ten books for me. Probably top five. Nice, yep. it's yeah. great. I've, I I haven't read five, so, uh, <laughs> so definitely in Micah's top five. If it, you I it. mean, it immediately <laughs> makes my top five just on the now. Um, yeah, so Dustin, we appreciate you being on today, yeah, man. man. Uh, I've enjoyed the conversation. We're gonna have to have a part two someday with Dustin. Um, if we can fit into his busy schedule, yeah. no, I'm just kidding. Uh, well, farmer, golfer, teacher, FFA leader, man. Dude. I'll just say, youth, uh, youth, youth leader. I yeah. appreciate you guys and and your friendship and just the men of God you are. Yeah. To know that uh, have people know like well, you. <laughs> well, everybody but Mike. But uh, <laughs> no, nah, I just appreciate you guys and what you do for, uh, as you work for the Lord and, and in your yeah. different ministries. Uh, you know, I know it's uh, it can be challenging and discouraging at times, but. Uh, Look up to you guys a lot and appreciate you. Yeah, thanks. Dustin. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. you, um, Christian. Why don't you close us in prayer, my friend? All right. I was hoping you'd say close us in a song. <laughs> hey, maybe next week. You could. I think you could wrap probably your, wrap your prayer. pray with a song. Okay. <laughs> we'll save it for I another time. Like I feel like it wouldn't be. Uh, I, I didn't warm up. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, let's pray. <laughs> God, we love you so much, and uh, we're thankful for this friendship and this uh, God brotherhood that's in here this morning, and we're thankful for. Those who are listening, God, that I got that they would just glean something from this, God, that they would be able to go out and seek those who are hurting, God, and seek those who need Christ and His love, and uh, be able to meet the needs of the people uh, in this community who are struggling. God, help us to do that. I feel convicted uh, just this morning to do that as well. Uh, God, we thank you for Dustin and bringing him on the podcast, God. We pray uh, blessings over his career and his ministry and, uh, uh, God, his farming, God, that you would just um, bless every asset of it uh, and bless him and his small groups and the ministries that he's a part of uh, with his church, God, that you would, uh, God, just let there be growth within it and, God, just a spiritual um, awakening wherever he walks, Lord. And we just thank you so much for who you are, and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.